These are more people that are just, they want to have fun. They want to live their life and they're going to do what they want. And I like that. I like that personality of people that we've come across. All right. Welcome to Girls Gone Deep, everybody, where we are talking girl chat, all things sex, non-monogamy, personal growth, and everything in between. I am L, And I am V. And <laughs> I am so excited to talk to you. What did you do this weekend? <laughs> what did I do this weekend? Um, so we did have um, a couple of friends come up uh, to visit us here in New York, and we went to see the Avit Brothers. Ooh, yeah. Um, how was that? It was great. Really, really great. And it was just – it was a vanilla hang with spicy friends, so there was no play or anything. And it's funny because, like, I mean, they're, they're so chill. There's no – I mean, you know them too, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's no pressure ever. But, like, I have this thing in my head where, like – if play is ever possibly on the table, I feel almost there's this like guilt in the back of my head. Like, why aren't we playing? Is it my fault that we're not playing? Am I not giving the right vibes? Like, because we can play, should we be playing? I have the same exact turmoil in my brain sometimes mm. because we, I think our friendships have developed so much where we have so much fun, just like chilling or hanging out, or we're just literally hanging out and just maybe watching TV and it's just spending time together that doesn't always have to be sexual. And then sometimes it becomes difficult. Well, how do I transition this into sexual? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I wanted it to go that way and are they feeling it? So I feel the same way that you do, but I also think that I believe in just things organically happening as they should. If you're playing, you're playing. If you're not, you're not. And it's totally okay. And that's something that I had to tell myself, this is okay. That. And I have to trust that, yeah, if they're also saying like, I don't know, I think it's maybe something in my head, something that I have to work through that it's like, you know, these people know me as this sexual person. So if I'm not being that sexual person, am I being who they want me to be in their lives, you mm. know? So I have mm. to trust that they're like, no, you're adding to my life as you are. Right. Um, so I love that. It's very interesting. And it's so interesting that we – need to come back to ourselves. Like, what do I want in this moment? Am I feeling sexual? Do I want this to go sexual? And I think that if you want that, then you can play into that rather than feeling the pressure of, do they want this, right? You're thinking outside of yourself. So I think it comes back to yourself and do you want to be playing or not? Yeah. What do I want? Yeah. I think it's so easy to wonder what other people want. Yeah. That's – thank you for saying that because I actually (laughs) – I forgot that that's – a huge part of why I found this lifestyle. Yeah. That's that's so interesting. I I worked through so much to get to where I am and it's almost like maybe I felt subconsciously like I reached a certain point like oh I'm okay. I found this lifestyle that really works for me and I stopped quote unquote doing the work that mm-hmm. really got me here and that was a huge part of it. Like I have journal entry after journal entry of like, what do I want in this moment, in this relationship, in my life? So like you can just apply that to so many different like micro things and macro things. Mm. And that was a huge, huge part of my journey to get here. So So do you you. still do those things right now? 
No. In, oh. And that's why it's so helpful <laughs> that you, <laughs> that's why it's so helpful that you just like reminded me of that small question, which is a huge tool. Mm. I love this. And I think that (laughs) leading into this discussion, into our topic today, this discovery of self is a huge part of why I love being in a non-monogamous relationship. So I'm so excited to dive into today's topic about ethical non-monogamy and just kind of where it goes. And it's so interesting because as a kid, when I thought about my future – one of my biggest goals was I'm going to get married and I'm going to have I'm going to be married by this age. I'm going to be, have a kid by this age. And it's like a life goal that I think most people have is marriage and that whole vision of walking down the aisle. And it's interesting to see that growing up that in our sex lives, it's almost like we didn't have a choice. Like that's just what you had to do. This is what society does. This is what's ingrained in you. Get married, have kids, have a family and be in this traditional type of relationship. And it's awesome to see the dynamics changing and people becoming more open to forms of non-monogamy. So what is what is non what is ethical non-monogamy to you? Like when you when you ask that question, how do you define it? Ethical non-monogamy is obviously being non-monogamous, so playing with multiple people and when I say play, it's like being intimate with in a physical, sexual way, I would say. But ethical is like the truthful part of it and honesty part of it. So just being all fully open and communicative with whichever partners are participating in that. Mm -hmm. I think the ethical part too is respecting the other person in the relationship Mm -hmm. too and accepting their goals and desires and things like that around it all. Oh, I love that respect. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the way that I would define it is really just having a relationship outside of your primary person, whether that is sexual, romantic, or emotional, but it's with that consent and, like I said, respect and and like understanding of where and the goals of that, that kind of relationship. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are so many different ways of quote unquote practicing it. So what do you, what do you and Jay do? So I'm, I have a primary partnership and, and there are so many words for that too. What are yeah, your thoughts what, on that? You know, some people say like it's an anchor partner because primary puts it like on different levels. Oh, I interesting. Know. I never actually thought about that, but would you call him your partner or your boyfriend or? I call him my partner because I feel like, I mean, at the, so I'm 34 and I just feel like at this point, boyfriend almost sounds too trite. Um, Mm -hmm. or like young or something like, I'm trying to build a life with him. He's my partner in this thing, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's my partner and we date other people. We sleep with other people together, but we don't, we're not looking for other girlfriends and boyfriends. Yeah. Right. Like emotionally connected. That's like, that's similar to our style as well. Like we don't, neither of us want to have a separate relationship. Not um, poly. Yeah, like a polyamorous type of thing. Like, um, I have a lot of love to give, but I just I don't want that in my life right now. I just think that I enjoy what we have. It's very special, and I think that yes, I can have deeper friendship connections with other people, but I don't want that emotional as well. So that's that's interesting. Well, so how did you guys like come upon it? So since we said like societal norms, marriage, mm-hmm. children, da 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 da, how did you? How did this first come on your radar? So for us, we were friends first in college. So we were friends for two, three years before we even got 
before we were fuck buddies is what I would call it. We basically fucked every weekend for a long time. So it was the sex that brought us together, plus the friendship, right, that started it. In college, um, I had a girlfriend for a few months and he was there for that. He knew about it. He was aware. And so he knew I was bisexual this whole time. So when dating together, that was always in the back of my mind. And so I want to say it was like a year before we were about to get married, we were engaged and he kind of said like, would you be open to a threesome? And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I miss women. Like I haven't had women. And at this point it had been like six or seven years that I haven't kissed a woman, been intimate with a woman, nothing. And I was like, I would love that. You're saying this is an option. So for that whole time out, we would go to bars. Wait, you have a question? Yes, I do have a question. So (laughs) you guys were monogamous. So once you became boyfriend and girlfriend, you were monogamous. Yes. Yeah. And and then you were engaged, et cetera. And it was six or seven years of monogamy? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. 100%. only the one dick. Yeah, only the one dick during wow. that time period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So so then we decided, okay, great, let's go find someone to have a threesome with. So we were like going to bars and like trying to pick people up. And we're like, we've never done this before. We haven't dated in six years. Like, how do we pick people up? Like, oh how do we get someone to come home with us? And it just never worked out. And lo and behold, like a couple months before we were about to get married, I had my ex-girlfriend pop into my head. And I was like, I need to go see her again. And he was like, uh, sure okay, go for it. And I was like, what? Like, you're going to let me go see my ex-girlfriend? And he was like, if you're going to figure out what you want in life, you better figure it out now before we're married. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went and I met her and it was purely like French friendly. And uh, those connections of like lust came back. Like I felt that draw to her again, but I realized that it was just the lust and the sexual connection and it wasn't necessarily romantic or that I loved her and those kinds of things. So that was a good reassurance for me. And when I came back home and I told M and he was like, yeah, I knew that. He was like, I knew you weren't going to be <laughs> leaving me for her, you know? <laughs> but anyway, she she came back into our lives. We were hanging out. We invited her to a few things. She was like helping me prep my wedding invitations. It was really bizarre. <laughs> but then one night we were having a get together at our house. We were in the basement. There was like three or four guys there and two of us there. And we were the only two girls. And her and I crossed paths in the stairwell. And we just stopped. We were drinking. We had a few drinks. And like we looked at each other and we just started making out. And like next thing you know, like my shirt was coming up. She was like all touching me, kissing me. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, my husband, my fiance is downstairs with his two friends. I was like, I, we can't do this. Like we need to stop. Like what are we doing? And she goes, she just looked me dead in the eye and she was like, let's go get him. And I was like, what? Get it, she girl. was like, let's go get him. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, let's do this. So we go downstairs and it's funny. He was playing guitar, singing. And I was like, I was like pointing to him. I was like, M, I was like, come here. And I was waving my hand to him. Come, come, come here right now. You know, I was so excited. And he was shushing me off and like waving his hand, like, get out of here. Like I'm busy. So anyway, finally, long story short, we eventually texted him. I was like, you need to get your ass upstairs right now. We met in the bedroom and closed the door. And I was like, we're having a threesome. Like I was so excited. Oh my God. <laughs> So anyway, I never thought I would say this sentence. My ex-girlfriend, my fiance, were together with us having a threesome for the first time ever. Like those two things just should never be together. But it was a great experience. That is an amazing story. I love that. Wait, and so did M, like, did he just like strip off his pants immediately? Like, was he like, yes, let's do this. (laughs) It was, yeah. So uh, gratefully, so she had an experience with this before. So like we sat down. Like we've been like adults and we were like, okay, like she was like, what are you comfortable with? Can he fuck me? And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, he could do that. And she was like, okay, like anything off limits. And 
we were like, no. And then we just started to get to it. And it was, it was an amazing, really flow, easy thing. And then Ironic's end of the story is I never saw her again after that. <laughs> wow. So like a month. Actually, no, I did see her one more time. I lied. I, see, I saw her one more time. M was on his bachelor party and he allowed me to have one whole night with her by myself. So she came over and slept over with me. And that was the last time I saw her. That's incredible. It's like, it's almost like she was like this surrogate. Yeah, like a catalyst. <laughs> like she helped, yeah, she helped like usher you into this like new phase in your life. And yeah. I think, thank goodness that she had had experience with that because I would not have known to ask those questions of like, are you comfortable with XYZ? Are there any boundaries? So it, it is interesting. So you had like a very tiny, like little mentor and helper into it, which was kind of my experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how did you get into it? So I was in a monogamous relationship um, for six years. I was married and we did not have sex like often at all. And I mean, I, I joke to people, but it is a little bit sad. Um, in 2018, we had sex four times. Like we say like quarterly, like once every three months. Wild. Yeah, I know. It's, I don't know. I, so I just felt like there has to be something more than this. Um, so there was just this, something was growing inside of me and during my marriage and towards the end of my marriage. And when I took a solo trip, I would say like a solo soul searching trip to Iceland in December, 2019, I was like on my way out of my marriage. We had been doing, um, therapy, like as a last ditch effort, basically. But I met this guy, we'll call him the German. And we, I don't know, we were just like vibing, 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 talking, like, uh, mostly about travel and everything. And, you know, I told him I was married. Um, and then as the night went on, I asked him about his situation. And he was like, I'm in an open relationship. And something just like, opened in my mind. I was like, what is that? I need to know more. Tell me everything. What are the dynamics of that? Like I was just picking his brain because it was just this first time that I met anyone who had anything different than just a traditional monogamous relationship. And Um, he told me about like sex parties in New York. And I was like, what's that? Tell me everything. And so I was planning to move to New York in January of 2020. And I did. And he, he's German, but he lived in Queens at the time. He was like, I'll take you to a sex party. And I knew I was separating by that point. So I was like, great, let's go. So January, 2020, he took me to my first sex party. And I was like, this is this is it. This is it. Like these people are just so open-minded and I love that sex is right out there on the table. Like it just felt normal and natural to me. Not to say that I dove right in on my first experience, but it was just like, I was curious and it felt like, oh, there is more, there are more options. So I would say he was my first foray into it. And then I got onto field 
which is an app for people who are non-traditional, let's say. And I just met so many people through that. And it was during the freaking pandemic. So I made dating my full-time job, basically. And everybody that I met, I was like, picking their brains on how they practiced ethical non-monogamy. And, you know, there are open relationships. There's polyamory. There are people who, who are married and do it. There are people in throuples. There are people like, it's just, there are so many options. And so I used dating as an opportunity to just discover, 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 ask questions, and then see what I wanted to try myself. So an amazing journey, but isn't it funny how a non-monogamous, I mean, in, in monogamous relationships, the lack of sex that sometimes happens. Like yes. when I talk to some of my married people and they're like, I haven't given head in two years and we're lucky if we have sex like once a month. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you are in your thirties. Like you should be popping off all the time. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I, that's interesting that you say that. Like I, I don't know if it's this like getting divorced at age 30 and like discovering my sexuality, but I do feel like what they say about like women's sexual prime being like, you know, thirties, forties, I feel like it is becoming true for me. So one thing that I really thought about was I try to thought about like polygamous relationships and having multiple emotional stuff. And it's one of those things where it's, I try to think about, well, does that mean that you're going to love your partner any less, right? That's where I think where a lot of fear and anxiety and concern comes around some of these ethical relation, non-monogamy relationships is, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be jealous of my partner. What if he likes that person better? What if that person's, you know, better at this and that? And it's, it becomes this like pull on your relationship, like, oh my God, and then yourself of jealousy. So, but when you think about it, you have, right, we have multiple best friends. Do you love one best friend more than another? Or to, let's put it this way. You have children. Do you love one child more than another? No. What about your pets, right? No. You have – there's so much love to give. I think that the limitation is time. And mm. then it just becomes settling. You have to accept the fact that you also can't be everything for someone else. I think that that's a truly unachievable expectation that monogamy has is you need to be everything for that person. And I don't think I can satisfy M's every need ever. Like, look, I don't do anal all the time. Babe, if you want to, if you know someone who's in down for that, go for it. So I'm usually like volunteering him up. I'm like, you know what? Did you hear that M's the dick guy? He's got the perfect <laughs> size. It's not too big, not too small. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, so I love that you can satisfy kinks that your partner may not be interested in. And also, like, if you have your period and you're just not in the mood and you just want the – like, I'm actually experiencing that this week. It's so funny because um, one of my <laughs> vanilla friends was over last night and Jay was going on a date with someone he's seen before. So, number one, it's interesting that you brought up when our partners start seeing other people, like, the things that can come up, like, ooh, what if they're better at this than me, da 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 so I really only experience that with new people that he sees. I'm like, oh, you're going on a date with someone new. Just this little flare comes up in the back of my head. Like, mm. what if she's the one who's completely different from me and does satisfy his every need in a way that I don't? Mm -hmm. Then I talk myself through it and I work through those emotions. And now it's like, you know, maybe a 20 second conversation in my head. It used to be like journal entries and stuff like that. But um, mm -hmm. that was so helpful in the beginning, working through my emotions. 
Oh, yeah. And one thing that has helped me work through that same kind of anxiety around that, and I I could say that I'm actually at a place in my relationship that that doesn't come up really hardly ever at all. And it's a beautiful space to be in to just completely trust and love my partner and know that he's going to come back to me always. But one thing that I would had to tell myself in these situation was there's no better or worse. There's different. Everybody is different. Their way to express their ex- is is different. So that's not a bad thing and it's not a good thing. It, it's just different and that's okay. And that's kind of what I had to tell myself is that's it. It's not better or worse. So yeah. it's a unique experience to, to go through and I want him to enjoy and explore all those new things yeah. and then come back and tell me all about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so to that point, um, so last night my vanilla friend was over. I was like, yeah, Jay's going to see this girl. And he has seen her a couple of times before. And so I'm like, great, like go get your rocks off. I have my period this week. So the night before, like I was not in the mood. I mean, not that having sex is off the table when I have my period and our relationship, but you know, I just wasn't in the mood. So mm-hmm. Jay was like, babe, can you please give me head? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Cause <sighs> I also have a yeast infection with my period. So oh, it's like uh, yeah. the perfect uh-huh. storm. I was like, I cannot have anything in my vagina. But mm-hmm. then I was like really excited for him to go quote unquote, get his dick wet with someone else. So it's yeah. funny. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like go do that thing have fun. I know you'll come back to me. And to that point, if you don't come back to me, then this wasn't meant to be. Like I have this kind of like level of detachment now that like, Mm. of course I would be extremely sad and, you know, devastated is a strong word, but you know, there would be a huge mourning period for the loss of our relationship if we were to part ways. However, the same thing as like, I've come to the conclusion of no one person can satisfy all the needs of someone else. I also am very kind of pragmatic now about situations change and things change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't want to say forever anymore in any relationship. I, I, I actively choose him daily and he actively chooses me daily. But when we check in with ourselves and say, hmm, this relationship is no longer serving me in the way that it used to, or am mm. I really happy? Am I my best self in this? If that answer is on the whole, like percentage wise, like maybe over a year getting to like, no, I'm not. Maybe it's time to part ways. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing to acknowledge and, you know, accept and live daily. That is amazing. Like, I'm so thank you for sharing that. That's just a beautiful thing. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard for people to live in the now. They always think about forever in the future and keeping things the same, and they don't want things to change. But that's the whole point of this: is relationships ebb and flow. And you know, I personally, in my relationship, like the commitment aspect of my marriage, having us together, because through anything, we will. I think I will always, you know, would prefer to stay with him. But um, I love that you acknowledge that relationships kind of come in and out in your of your life. It's a different I, – I wouldn't desire that for me, to be honest with you. You know, like I want that stability and that security. In, Don't in get that. me wrong. I, I want to build a life with Jay, but I think – so mm-hmm. th- this kind of idea came to me with a lot of vanilla friends asking me, like, when Jay goes and, like, fucks someone else, aren't you afraid he's going to leave you for her? And I'm like, well – 
monogamous people leave their partners all the time and they're not quote unquote allowed to go fuck other people. So mm. if, if that person is going to leave you, they're going to leave you kind of no matter what, right? Like there's, it's not the sex yeah. that is making them leave you. Right. Like mm. huge. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Hundred percent. What a great analogy. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's kind of like making me a little bit more zen about it, and and I try to make my vanilla friends understand that. Like, so my friend was asking a lot of questions last night. She's like, "How do you feel?" He's like, "Off on a date? Why is he off on a date?" Like, uh. And and I'm like, "No, no, no. This is a good <laughs> thing, you know." And and I actually put him on speakerphone like while he was on his way and. They were saying hi to each other on speakerphone. She's like, Jay, you're going to see somebody else. And I'm like, stop it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> and, um, and then it was funny because after he left that person, we do have like kind of not an agreement, but like a, something that works for us is that we will check in afterwards. So like if I'm still awake, he will mm. call me or if I'm not awake, he'll send me an audio message to kind of just like make me feel like I'm top of mind after he's been with someone else. Um, so I wake up the next morning mm. and I'm like, oh, he was thinking of me as he went to sleep. Like he gives me a rundown. There's no surprises. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of the, gosh, there's like so many like little like nuggets that are popping into my head. So I hope I'm keeping it yeah. all I have so many questions. But, um, yeah, go. <laughs> that's another part of the ethical part, I think, for me. Ethical non-monogamy is like these people that he sees and the people that I see separately from him, they are aware of our primary partnership. So like my mm-hmm. par- my other partners outside of Jay, they'll be like, oh, how's Jay? What are you guys up to these days? So there's no hiding the fact that I have a primary partnership. And so when he sends mm-hmm. me these audio messages, he's not betraying any trust with them either. They're aware that he's going to come check in with me and be like, yeah, I was with XYZ tonight. We did DP mm-hmm. with her partner. Da, 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 da. So. Yeah, it's such a true uh, example of what relationships should be like is complete honesty, trust, and respect and putting your partner, you know, in forefront in some of these situations. Not that, you know, like you said, that primary forefront is a different thing, but um, I love that you guys do that. It's uh, it's definitely reassuring. And do you guys, like after you connect again, do you share experiences together? Will he give you like a play-by-play? Do you ask questions about how it was and what happened? Yes, yes. Do you share videos yes. and pictures? All the, all the yes. Okay. <laughs> and videos right. and pictures is another thing. Ethical, non-monogamy, you know, making sure that if we take pictures, hey, do you mind if I share this with my partner? We're very open and ethical about pictures and videos as well. Good. And you always share details and stories we about always what share details and stories. And yeah, like last night when my vanilla friend was over, we did get to talk, um, Jay and I, at the end of the night. And so again, I put him on speaker and I was... I was kind of like walking her through like, yeah, so he tells me all the details. I can ask him questions. And so she got in on the asking questions too. It was so funny. (laughs) Obviously, you're open with your friends about your lifestyle and your relationship. Does everybody in your friendship know, all your friends know that what you do, are they comfortable with it? And what is like their typical response when you share share it with them? Um, So yes, I'm open with everybody. Everybody knows what I do. And what is their typical response? I think they're all incredulous. They don't 
understand it. I think they're all very protective of me as well. They're like, is this what you really want? Mm. Like, you know, is that something that Jay wants? And so you're just going along with it, you know? Um, and I, I tried to make them see, I think time will just prove to them that I'm happy in this and it is my choice. Mm -hmm. But that's why I am so open when my vanilla, like this, this vanilla friend who was over last night, we've been, you know, best friends since we were in like eighth grade or something. And so she's seen me and, you know, my whole evolution of dating with men and, I've been a lover and a romantic my entire life. And so I think she was one of the the biggest ones to be so incredulous about like, is this really what you want? And so mm-hmm. that's why I'm almost like trying to prove to her when she's over last night, I'm like, no, listen, like be part of this conversation. <laughs> you can ask as many questions as you want to, too. Like, yeah, this is what we do. And I'm really happy. You know, mm-hmm. it's also there's an excitement too. I like sharing what we do with Fidelas because I think that the way that you feel about it and how happy you are with it is the same way that I am, where it just kind of comes out where I'm just like, yes, there's this whole other lifestyle that you can have and you have no idea and you can customize it and design it to exactly what you want and what your desires are. And um, I'm just always so excited. So my my vanilla friends know most of them, and I have they just don't go into more depth about it. They're like, oh, okay, cool, and then it's like they don't ask any questions. And I think oh. it's just a topic that they don't really want to dive into or can't fully understand. I've had uh, maybe one or two people like really dive in with me and ask me a lot of questions and like, how's that going? And they'll they'll ask me about that part of my life. And uh, but for the most part, I think that. A lot of my friendships have switched over to people who I talk to from a day to, on a day-to-day basis or weekly basis or whatever are people who are already in the lifestyle. Like my friendships have transitioned. Like those friends that are more vanilla, maybe I see them a few times a year, talk to them here and there. We still keep in touch. But my more close relationships now are with my lifestyle friends that I've developed over the past, what, I'm doing this for almost eight years now. <laughs> yeah. And you know? why do you think that is? I think it's because – a lot of what we do on the weekends and the events that we go to and the parties that we do, it's all lifestyle. It's all people who are in open relationships. I also believe that there's a different character of people that you meet in open relationships Mm -hmm. where their mind is more open. They are more curious. They are not confined to like societal norms and what they think you should be. These are more people that are just, they want to have fun. They want to live their life and they're going to do what they want. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like that personality of people that we've come across in the open yeah. world. So I think I've just gravitated more towards lifestyle friends. So let's dive into questions, right? So how has swinging and, or being in an open relationship, however you want to define it, changed your relationship with yourself? Ooh, okay. Um, do you <laughs> have an answer to that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think um, for me, self-love needed a lot of work. That was the biggest thing for me because I think being – when you see your partner being intimate or feeling certain ways with other people that you have also experienced with them, it hits some insecurities. And so for me, it was a lot of self-love and working on standing in my power and being confident and knowing. And then that actually exuded more in our relationship together. Like that self-confidence that I was able to exude made us stronger for that. And then I guess the second thing is is really understanding like who I am. Who am I? What do I want? What are my desires? I think a lot of relationships um, end up being very codependent. 
Like they just do the same things all the time. Their hobby becomes your hobby. There's no individuality. It just becomes this connectedness and reliance on each other. And we lose ourselves in that. And so this has helped me maintain my individuality and me and who I am and what I and my desires and that be able to express that more effectively and then make my boundaries of what I'm comfortable with and not comfortable with with him. Yeah. I think I echo all of that. Um, You've obviously been in this a lot longer than me. You said eight years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm at about two years now. Um, And I think that I'm a real work in progress right now because I, I don't think I've fully inhabited where this can go yet. I think mm-hmm. there's still some some growth to be done. Um, but I think my major takeaway right now is the one I already shared with you of my relationship with myself is stronger, as in I am more independent and not reliant on someone else for my happiness. Basically, if all if my partnership were to go away tomorrow, can I stand on my own? Mm. Um and so that that's not to say that I don't depend on my partner for emotional support, love. Like we definitely do share financial things with like trips and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think for me, it's about fi- being okay in myself first and then bringing myself to a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's just a form of self-care, right? They always say, put your oxygen mask on first before you can help other people, right? You can be better in your relationship when you show up for yourself. Amen. So I love that. Yeah. Love that. So I asked this question on social media and I got some feedback. So <gasps> yay! So when I asked, how has it affected your relationship with yourself? And for some people, it is that confidence increased was one. The other one was that uh, someone said, it helped me understand that I need to learn to love myself before I can feel the love of others. Mm. Uh, the other one said, I am becoming my own person and care for more about others' feelings. Other one said, the golden rule has changed. Treat others how they want to be treated. Mm. Another person said, it boosted my confidence and strengthened my communication skills. So ironically enough, these were all males that responded to me. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Can you reread the last two again? The golden rule and then the communication? Yep. The golden rule has changed. Treat others how they want to be treated. Mm. And it boosted my confidence and strengthened my communication skills. So the communication skills is so paramount. I think that the communication in this lifestyle has been like one of my most massive takeaways. I think anyone that I talk to in the lifestyle, if they're doing it quote unquote right, you know, is just so communicative. Yes. Almost overly Huge. communicative. Yeah. yeah like we share too much. Yeah. yeah. I think to the, because we're all very in tune with what we want and what we need. So we're like, Hey, like I love you. This is what, you know, I want or need. And then maybe my partner will be like, you know, oh, that makes me jealous. So I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to abandon my want or need. Let's talk through that jealousy. You know, mm-hmm. what what is it that make that's making you jealous? Can I do something differently while still meeting my need? Huh? Yeah. But Huge. to make you feel comfortable, 
et cetera, et cetera. So like, there's just so much communication so that both partners needs are met Mm -hmm. um, and respected and respected because we can't meet all of each other's needs all the time or ever. Like we're not everything for everyone. A hundred percent, hundred percent echo all of that myself sign 100% stamp of approval on all that. It's amazing <laughs> the communication that has come from it. And uh, one thing that my partner and I really emulate is, you know, we're all growing at different rates and we have different desires, but you have to go at the pace of the slowest person. So when we go on a first date, I'm always DTF. I'm the more dominant one. I'm the more comfortable sexual one. So if I, I'm always ready to go in certain situations. I'm very organic in that matter. If it's flowing and I'm feeling it, like I just want to go for it. That's the best kind of sex is the, that, oh my God, this is so hot. My partner on the other hand, M, my husband, he's like, ah, I really don't want that pressure. Like I just, I, I really just want to go and meet them and hang out. And, you know, I want to just set that expectation. When we go in there, when we meet them for dinner, we say, hey, we don't play on the first date. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like if that's what you want to do. In my head, I'm like, man, I'm really bummed out. Like I really want to – like I'm so interested in this. But at the same time, what that does in that date experience is when you can't have it, it almost like makes it more exciting, right? Mm. And so there's this – it ends up being this like if we really get off with the couple, get along with them very well – we're get off flirting with, with the couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. We're like flirting a little bit more. We're looking at each other. We're making more insinuating jokes. It just becomes this like little playful experience of foreplay almost. It's like, okay, like I'm really excited to see you next time. And it you wouldn't know? necessarily be there if you didn't work through or like meet your partner where they're at. And, yeah. And, and I think that's the thing. It's like, it, it's like, if you approach this in that way where like, just be curious about, oh, why is this feeling coming up? Or, oh, what can I learn in holding myself back from what would typically be my response? Like, what is it, you know, if I meet my partner where they're at, what can I learn from this? And what's a positive to this and a benefit to this? So like, it's really fun to get curious. Yeah. And then just understanding like, what they need to in those moments. And it helps your relationship grow better when you really are curious about all that. Yeah. You know? So, so interesting. So this is lovely. We'll pick this up next week. Um, we want to let you guys know if you have any questions, any comments, anything you want to add to this conversation, because there is going to be a part two, please send us an email at girlsgonedeep at gmail.com. We can be found on Instagram at girlsgonedeeppodcast. And we want to thank our sponsor, Horrible Life, which is a card game of Have You Ever All Things Sex and Kink. So thank you for supporting us. And we look forward to chatting with you guys next time. All right. Have a great day. Bye.